0: Welcome to the Gut Gazette podcast, where we have gutsy conversations about everything related to your gut mental health, food, relationships, exercise. There are so many factors that are linked to your gut, and here we talk about them all. I'm your host, Megan Marsiglio, and I'm on a mission to break the poo taboo, support digestive health, and destigmatize digestive issues. My passion for gut health stems from personal experience. I have IBS and Crohn's, and I know firsthand what it's like to live with a gut that has a mind of its own. But I've come to terms with the fact that it's my normal, and because of that, I've learned to embrace it. My goal is to have you embracing whatever it is you're going through. I hope to inspire self-advocacy in all of you, and after listening to each episode, my intention is you walk away feeling confident and empowered about your gut, mind, and body. Before I jump into introducing today's guests, I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who listened to episode one, who subscribed to the Gut Gazette podcast, who's rated it, shared it, and thank you so much for all of you who sent me these beautiful, kind messages about starting this new endeavor. Honestly, I am so grateful and thankful and appreciative of all your support, so thank you. I can't. Wait for you to listen to episode two. Today, I'm talking with Carolyn Platter and Steph Kirsta, who are both very well immersed in the mental health space. They're therapists, counselors, educators, and are the founders of Home, which is a beautiful modern meditation studio located in downtown Toronto. On this episode, we discuss the importance of meditation and mindfulness, the very important link between the brain and gut, And how to manage stress and anxiety when you're also dealing with a digestive concern. This is a really informative conversation, and I hope after you listen to it, you feel a little bit more comfortable opening up about the emotions and feelings that you have associated with your gut. So, I don't know about you both, but when I'm listening to a podcast and there's more than one person being interviewed, sometimes I can get a little confused as to who's talking. So, to reduce any confusion, and have our listeners recognizing your voices, I thought instead of having myself introduce you, I would let you introduce yourselves. So if you could just introduce yourself, uh, give a little background about who you are and what you do.
1: Okay, so my name is Carolyn Platter and I'm one of the co-founders here at Home, which is North America's largest modern meditation studio. A little bit about myself in terms of my clinical background is I'm a mental health clinician. So I started, I did my undergraduate degree in psychology and then did some post-grad work in addictions and mental health. And then a master's in social work with a clinical focus of working uh, with mental health and particularly with adolescents. Okay. And yes, I work here um, at home, and then I also run a private psychotherapy practice with teens. Oh, wow. Yeah, working with anxiety and depression and a whole range of different mental health conditions. And then I also do quite a lot of teaching. Uh, So that's something I've been doing for seven, eight years now, and that was actually how I met my co-founder, Stephanie.
2: I'm Stephanie Kirsta, and I'm a registered psychotherapist. So... And also a co-founder of HOME. Mm -hmm. Um, So very similar to Carolyn. I did my master's in psychology and uh, a postgraduate certificate in addictions and mental health training. And her and I both met working in a methadone treatment Mm -hmm. facility. Yeah. So we started working in addiction medicine together over 10 years ago now Mm -hmm. um, and became fast friends, which was really nice. And we've kind of always followed the same path in terms of our careers. So mm-hmm. we now work at the same schools, our pri- I have a private practice as well working with adolescents and young adults. Um it's in the same location and now we work here together too. At That's home. so neat. We do everything together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you took the same education
0: route really and when you met each other did you realize like we're basically the same person in how we studied That's and true. what we did?
1: We did, yeah. yeah. Like, we I mean, we noticed very quickly. Not only did we just really connect, just on a personal level, and just become, again, as Steph said, really fast friends, but we also really connected on sort of what we saw in the way that we approach mental health. Mm-hmm. And from for us, it's always been approaching it from a wellness perspective and a lifestyle perspective, and recognizing that a lot of what we were seeing clinically is related to these sort of lifestyle factors. And we both had passions for yoga and meditation and mindfulness and this is going way back and that was something we bonded over really early on was how can we start weaving some of these practices into some of the clinical work that we were doing and we also bonded over our love of teaching and so very early we started running a clinical group together oh, cool. with the people who were on methadone and then from there we're like we love teaching together. So we're like, how do we kind of make this like a little side gig? And we started our own little side hustle, a little entrepreneurial business, uh, doing trainings and teaching mental health and uh, suicide like intervention programs for people. We literally just set up a website and rented a co-sharing space and we started doing that together. And that was really the first start of what grew into this business and what kind of started us on our entrepreneurial path as well. That's so cool. So it's actually my second
0: time here in home. I came for the media preview in September when you launched. And both times walking into your front door, it has just been such a stress release. Like mm-hmm. it just feels so comforting in here and it really does feel like you're walking into someone's home. Is that why you named your space Home or Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. So when we were Home came to be. We were dreaming. We mm-hmm. were dreaming around my kitchen table at home, and we thought we knew. Kind of, we were doing a lot of the corporate work together, like we were doing corporate trainings and public trainings, and in addition to the work that we were already doing separately, clinically. Um, but we always had this dream of doing something bigger mm-hmm. together, and we were like, it would be so nice to have a home for all of our passions. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you that. know, we love the teaching, and so you know, I wish there was a space where we didn't have to rent a co-working space to right. come here, and how can we bring kind of the lifestyle strategies and some of these newer strategies in terms of, like, meditation and yoga that were are now kind of clinically showing evidence to be supportive as prevention for mental health. How can we bring these in, like, a big, new, and exciting way to the city? And so we started dreaming about it, and we always said, like, we just wanted to feel comfortable. Like, it's just so nice when you're feeling really stressed out to walk into a space where you just feel at ease mm-hmm. and you just feel comfortable and at home it's kind of like when you have a mm-hmm. long day and you finally get home you take your shoes off and you're like oh, like I'm yeah. Finally home. yeah and so we just kept calling it like our home we we, we called each other we, we're our we are practically family but we were calling mm-hmm. ourselves our family um we called the main area the living room so mm-hmm. it was all kind of designed around a home and so then that's how we ended up coming up with the name our studio director came up with the name i love that and yeah. what's the significance behind the a
1: Yeah, it's interesting, and and everyone has like a little bit of a different take on that. I mean, on one hand, it's just, it's a little bit unique, Mm -hmm. and I think that was something we just wanted to do to differentiate it and kind of make it be this unique, and it adds a little style, I I think, to it. But then also, what a lot of people have pointed out is that it has the words, am, in oh. this and that sort of idea of I am and just sort of just being that's nice and you know with home it also has om mm-hmm.
2: in it and mm-hmm. so
1: that's also a really powerful sound and mm-hmm. and word and so there's a lot of different and then the ideas of it being a home as well mm-hmm. and so a lot of people have that's, their yeah. own little take on like it that. and I love hearing that like what people yeah. think of when they see it or they see me at the end of the mm-hmm. home or am and then me and so it's just a, a cool play on words and so it's like everyone's home that's yeah. right
0: yeah And for those listening who haven't seen the spelling of home, it's H-O-A-M-E, but I'm sure you saw that in the episode notes. So you guys both have a lot going on Mm -hmm. at home, and you're working here, and you're also practicing. Um, How do you, I mean, we're all human beings. We all have stress (laughs) in our days, and I mean, you have this awesome toolbox at home to really reduce your own stress, but I'm sure you still feel stressed. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think I don't know if we if there is people in our current modern day who don't feel feel stress. Yeah. I think, especially in the downtown core here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stress is certainly something that we've experienced. And opening a business is inherently a little it's bit a little little of a stressful. It's yeah, a little, a little <laughs> stressful. Even a meditation studio yeah. comes with its stresses. Uh, I think for me, and and what's been a big savior, I think for me in this whole thing, is having like a best friend to Mm -hmm. go through this with. I mean, this has been like, it's such a ride, and it's such a journey, and even in like the hardest days, the fact, her and I sometimes will just go in the office, and we'll just stare at each other, and just like laugh, because like, you're just like, you just have to. Yeah, exactly. It's the best medicine. Totally. So that's something, and we have like a really, like our team is is really awesome and we have a really wonderful group chat where there's always random memes and jokes and like (laughs) hilarious things going on in there so like that helps us stay grounded and just like the business part of it and then I think just personally I just try to practice you know certainly jumping into meditation classes Mm -hmm. I love our sauna Uh, Mm -hmm. our salt cave is amazing so anytime I can spend here where I can actually use it as a client or a guest I will I will do that. Um, and then for me, it's is been sleep. It's just really focusing on making sure I'm sleeping uh, well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something I worked in eMERGE for five years. Oh. Yeah, okay. So I only just finished about a year ago my okay. clinical work there. And I was working night shifts. Mm. And that was a huge challenge for me was to eventually shift over to to not have working nights anymore and even when i was working nights trying to figure out how to sleep in the day and so for me i realized and that i was actually talking with steph and stuff helping me learn to sleep again mm-hmm. so now i prioritize sleep and that's something like that just saves me all the time is good rest yeah so what would you say
0: stephanie that you do for your stress reduction
2: Yeah, so for me, I think connection is a really big thing. You know, being able to connect with loved ones and connect with people who are like-minded. We know that human connection is so important for our longevity. We see increased life longevity in people who have a strong sense of community and a strong sense of belonging. And so being able to work with your best friend, being able to work with someone who, you know, just kind of has your back all the time and we just have a really fun time working together. I think that's really important. Um, I have a really great family and a really great puppy and so I always like to really stress too that you know connection doesn't always have to be human connection you can have connection with an animal and you can have connection with different groups and we're already starting to see or we're starting to see this kind of emerging literature with plants and longevity as well and so yeah people love their plants too (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then also just working in a meditation studio it's always nice to be able to jump in a class do a sauna Mm -hmm. in a salt cave so I think you know laughter and meditation and sunshine are all three really good things for me that's Mm -hmm. awesome thank you
0: and I love how your whole approach is preventative and can, can you talk more on that
1: yeah I mean that was something we both saw and that was something really early on that both Steph and I connected with was Our current kind of traditional way of managing things like mental health and stress is really reactionary. Right. Right? We wait until people's mental health and wellness falls apart or they're really in a bad way before we're mobilizing resources and care Mm -hmm. and that's not really sustainable it's not an effective way of living and it's really unfortunate to the person then who's so distressed by that point by the time we're, we're putting in supports and particularly working in Emerge all I was feeling like we were doing was this like reacting to these things and most of what I was starting to see in Emerge was really these lifestyle related stress kind of factors that were coming in and it was feeling like why are we not doing something before someone Mm -hmm. gets to a point of suicidality or acute depression or acute panic attacks where they can no longer function how do we put some stuff in their day in their life Mm -hmm. earlier on and that was something we started talking about just kind of just kind of talking about not really knowing what we would do with it and then really led us down the path of looking at things like meditation and yoga and mindfulness and That led us both to getting like our credentials and certifications and in that kind of realm. And we just started weaving that into our practice, like working with our clients was like, let's get your life set up in a way that we're focusing on wellness instead of focusing on illness. Mm -hmm. And that was something and that was really then what led us to education and that really feeling like the path to this is like educating people and getting people to recognize this And for us, it was really seeing it in the corporate sector in particular. Mm, Yeah. Uh, I bet there's a lot of mental health concerns. Huge. Having
0: to work long hours and all these big deadlines.
1: Absolutely. And we're working with HR departments that are saying, you know, most of their leaves now are are mental health related leaves. And a lot of employers don't really know how to deal with these kinds of things. And we're like, well, we got to change the environments, right? Because mm-hmm. the environments right now are toxic. And so how do we start to create shift in culture and workplace culture and workplace lifestyle? And that was something that really kind of fueled our original uh, corporate training business. That's awesome. Yeah. And
0: with the whole, whole idea of home, it sounds like you really push the fact that you don't have to be a certain level of a yogi or you don't you don't need to even have done meditation for the first time I think that's really big because so many people still think that oh I can't do a meditation class or I can't do a yoga class because Mm -hmm. I don't have the experience or or what or whatnot so I think it's really great that you said on your website it's Mm -hmm. for newbies or gurus and
2: that's awesome yeah, we really wanted to make meditation accessible. We yeah. really wanted to take... Because meditation's amazing. It's been around. It's an ancient practice. It's yeah. been around forever. We're not <laughs> doing anything new here. Um, but really what we wanted to do was make it accessible and not make it intimidating. Mm-hmm. And so that's why our staff are so friendly and so welcoming. And we take care of all the props so you don't have to have anything special. Like if you don't own a, a yoga mat, that's okay. If you don't mm-hmm. own a sit set, that's okay. <laughs> um, we just really wanted to take a lot of the intimidating factors out of trying something new and just create a place where people they felt at home people felt comfortable because we know the benefits of meditation Mm -hmm. and so we just want to get as many people meditating Mm -hmm. as possible because we see what happens when Mm -hmm. you are yeah that's awesome and that was even the rooms like Mm -hmm. why the rooms like we really
1: wanted them to be really special and Mm -hmm. really unique because for a lot of people who struggle with meditation That can really help. The environment can really, really help. And so a lot of people will say, like, I've never been able to meditate before, but in these rooms, I can Mm. because it's so conducive to that. It helps you kind of fall into that a lot easier. And so for someone who's a newbie to it, that's like a really good little boost for them. Yeah, it's so true. If you
0: haven't been to home, Mm -hmm. it's such a relaxing place, both of the rooms. Like there's that floor to ceiling living wall. Mm -hmm. How do you keep that living? Do you have to water it or...
2: No, it doesn't really mean much (laughs) it's a living wall that they've preserved in some way so every once in a while we'll spritz it Mm -hmm. but it's pretty much easy to take care of which is really nice that is nice yeah so within your practices
0: would you say that you have clients come in who are experiencing both digestive concerns and mental health concerns is there is there like a large chunk of people
1: yes Yes. Yeah? Yeah. yeah yeah
2: There's so much, so much of a connection between mm-hmm. the brain and the gut. Right, Huge. it's so nice that we're starting to see that emerging literature to support it. Um, but we see it, and even when we, you know, do our intake interviews, we're always hearing or we're always even asking about, you know, digestive issues and mm-hmm. and some of the more physical side effects of mental health issues. And you'll oftentimes see it in in the tummy. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. a lot of like my especially my younger clients. Because I also work with children mm-hmm. and you know, that's often the the very first, the, how they got referred to me in the first place was through their physician because they had presented with stomach aches, mm. these tummy aches, right? These little kids like, oh, my stomach is hurting. And then they get medically assessed and there's no medical cause. But then we start to find out, well, maybe their parents are divorcing or mm. they're being bullied at school and you're like, okay, your stomach is hurting. But the cause is a stress-related cause. It's a psychological-related cause that's causing that upset in the gut that's interesting Mm -hmm. and i mean
0: there's so many parts of our body that are communicating constantly with the brain like our whole body is communicating with the brain but why is there such an emphasis between the gut and the brain like why they call it the brain gut access Mm -hmm. they do but why why is there this huge emphasis and connection between the two
1: and i think that's related to the the fight or flight system in the body right so that's that part of ourselves that kind of helps keep us safe so when we perceive a particular danger There's sort of a signal that goes to like our amygdala, which is the part of our brain that handles emotional like processing. And if it thinks that we're in danger, our hypothalamus kind of sends this alert, which is like our command center. Mm -hmm. It sends this alert down our spinal cord, so through our sympathetic nervous system to our adrenal glands, which then send out things like epinephrine and adrenaline and Mm. cortisol. And then those hormones have huge impacts on the rest of our body, one being the gut, so when we're in this fight or flight state, when we're trying to essentially survive, mm-hmm. one of the things that stops or that happens is peristalsis, which is the movement of like food and things through our gastrointestinal tract. Mm-hmm. It stops because we don't want to be digesting food if like there's like some tiger like about to chase us right. and we have to like run and or have to fight this thing. Mm-hmm. And so for people who are chronically stressed or chronically anxious mm-hmm. or chronically feeling like they're under attack. Um, you know by these various stressors in their life their stomach is in this constant state of stopping and starting and so one of the things now that and actually a friend of mine is a gastroenterologist now is saying is that she really sees now things like IBS as almost an exclusively psychological related mm-hmm. illness not a physical related illness and that's because of that connection that direct impact on our stomach that's so interesting yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy
0: the research that's being done and the fact that your gut has as many or if more nerve endings as yeah. your brain oh yeah like it's it's crazy and they even say that your gut has a brain of its own in a sense yeah the microbiome like the second brain yeah and it
1: is heavier they say Mm that the the gut in your bacteria is heavier than your brain which is like three point something pounds Mm -hmm. the bacteria if we were to collect it it would be heavier Mm -hmm. which is interesting so and then things like adrenaline and cortisol and norepinephrine those are the catecholamines they affect the gut health right Mm -hmm. and the bacteria and the, the sort of Level kind of of the bacteria within the stomach, yeah, which can then have a host of all these other gastro issues. So it really is this delicate balance, mm-hmm. and stress wreaks havoc on our gut, yeah, it just does,
0: yeah. And it's hard when I mean, mental health is becoming less stigmatized, and there's places like this that are helping promote it, and you know, there's all Labs Talk Day and mm-hmm. everything, but digestive health is just as stigmatized Mm -hmm. and I was thinking about it when I was driving here it's kind of interesting that we have these two brains our (laughs) gut and our brain and they're both these topics that people don't like to talk about Mm -hmm. do you think this is just an opinion question but do you think that um, we are kind of built not to want to talk about these issues because they can come across embarrassing or do you think that society's kind of told us that don't talk about your mental health, don't talk about your digestive health because
2: it's not something to be talked about.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. What do you think? I think there's a huge societal component to Mm -hmm. it. I think, you know, evidence has shown and kind of history has shown that, you know, we didn't treat mental health quite nicely and kindly when people would start to exhibit symptoms. And so it started to become something that you'd keep kind of a little hush-hush, right? And behind closed doors. And then, same thing with with stomach issues or gut issues. They're oftentimes the brunt of many jokes, and mm. you know, in media, they're oftentimes this kind of either shown to be very embarrassing, mm-hmm. um, something to keep hidden, and 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 just oftentimes jokes come yeah. around it. Yes. And so, for a lot of people, it can be an embarrassing thing because there hasn't been that societal shift to be like, it's okay to talk about it, mm-hmm. which is so interesting because. Everybody struggles with their mental health at one time mm-hmm. or another. For sure. And everybody struggles <laughs> with their with their gut at yeah. one time or
0: another. So, so there's I mean, probably once a, once a day everyone's yep. experiencing stress. So, yeah. Like, I mean, absolutely. unless you're on vacation. Yeah. But, you know, and then you might have eaten something that didn't agree or right. gives you bloating. Exactly. Everyone experiences it. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. I would agree that it's, it's a social thing would be mm-hmm. my feeling and yeah. how we're socialized, right? And what are the things that we feel comfortable to disclose in the other things that we don't, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's always interesting when you look at different societies and different cultures of, you know, what are the things that are taboo to mm-hmm. talk about and what are the things that are not. You know, for instance, like finances, I mean, yeah. that becomes something a lot of people don't like to talk about money yeah. Yeah. because there's this taboo around it, like you don't ask those questions, mm-hmm. right? And it's the same thing, like, related to, to gut health and mental, and mental health. health yeah. yeah. So interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. but I think that, you know,
0: with what you're doing, it's mm-hmm. awesome, like, I really think that it's such a good thing to have in the city, especially in the downtown yeah. core where there's all these businesses and offices around to yeah. be able to have a space to come and just
1: relax and de-stress.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's been nice to see. And then yeah. I think since opening, that was really something. I mean, of course, we encourage anyone and everyone to to come here. Mm-hmm. But to see corporations recognize the value of things like meditation and meditative practice Uh, and then to be able to like bringing their teams here for like group outings and stuff Mm -hmm. or hiring us to come now on site to their workplaces and provide meditation services has just been like that's the dream I'm like we're getting it like we're getting into the corporate culture and we're making those shifts that we wanted to and Mm -hmm. that's super exciting for me to see yeah
0: that's really exciting yeah
1: so I wanted to ask you
0: I know I'm not the only one who experiences this, but if I have a flare-up with my IBS or my Crohn's, I will immediately react in a mental way. You know, I'll either get anxious or upset or frustrated. And because I'm having those feelings, my gut gets worse, and it's just this vicious cycle.
1: Yeah,
0: I've come to the point where I can kind of get myself out of it, but I know that there's a lot of people who are not comfortable talking about it or mm-hmm. realizing that they need help getting out of that cycle, what could you suggest in trying to break the cycle or preventing that cycle from even happening?
1: Yeah, I think one of the first is like relaxation mm-hmm. strategies, right? Mm-hmm. And we know that they help because one of the things that often when we're stressed, we're having called sympathetic activation of our, our nervous system, which is that fight or flight response, which is, again, that part that's causing all of those hormones and all of these other kinds of things. The other side to that, though, is something called the parasympathetic nervous system. That's essentially our rest and digest system. That's when, like, we're really calm and, you know, relaxed. That's what we're activating when we're sleeping. Mm -hmm. And so we get it also when you're getting, like, a massage. And I remember one of the first times I was getting a massage and I was just, like, really relaxed. And my stomach was, like, like, it made all these, like, funky noises. And, like, for whatever reason, we get embarrassed about that, right? And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my gosh. And I remember, and the RMT was like, you're relaxing, like you're in parasympathetic activation, like you're, that's like you're... A good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, really? Okay. I'm like, okay, (laughs) that's a good thing. And so it just me, again, realizing that that is helpful, that that's my stomach doing what it needs to do, right? To get itself to be in a healthy place. And... So any kind of relaxation strategies we know can have really positive impact on the gut. So whether it is things like going to get a massage, which Mm -hmm. is always lovely, right? But even things like meditation, right? Mm -hmm. Short bursts of meditation, five to ten minutes, we know are starting to have physical health benefits. Mm -hmm. So whether it's coming and doing a practice, you know, at a studio at a place like home where you're kind of guided through it or using an app or doing your own kind of practice at home, But we know any of those kind of relaxation or meditative strategies have been shown to to benefit
2: our physical health. I would also look at your physicality and kind of take note. So as soon as things start to act up, you know, I always encourage like a couple good deep breaths. We Mm -hmm. do know that deep breathing can work faster than the fastest anti-anxiety medication that we have on the market. Really? Deep breathing. Deep breathing. Wow. So so, taking a couple deep breaths. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple deep breaths is really, really good. And the other thing I always like to take note is where are your shoulders? Like, are your shoulders earrings? Um, and then where's the top of your tongue? Because if the top of your tongue is at the roof of your mouth, kind of behind your teeth, mm-hmm. that that's what we do when we're kind of stressed out, right? Mm-hmm. When we're a little bit under attack, when we're really kind of tapped into that that sympathetic nervous mm-hmm. system. And so just bring your tongue down, bring your shoulders back, take a couple deep breaths. That signals to your brain, there's no threat here, mm-hmm. And so that can also go a long way just kind of in that interim, like right immediately because we generally don't even know that we're tensing up and that we're getting anxious about it. So taking those few conscious moments to do those three things can also really help in that moment to kind of dissipate some of the anxiety. That's really neat. And I know there's therapies like CBT, cognitive
0: behavioral therapy. Those are really helpful for people who have digestive issues and associated mental health concerns what's kind of the for those who have never heard of cbt what's the premise of it how does it work
1: Mm. so cbt is cognitive behavioral therapy Mm -hmm. so it really focuses on our cognitions which are our thoughts and then how those thoughts then influence feelings and behaviors and how all three are connected okay so essentially the idea behind cognitive behavioral therapy is to isolate what are those thoughts? What are you saying to yourself mm-hmm. when you're stressed, when you're upset, when you're dealing with, you know, something that's distressing for you. And then how is that making you feel and then what's that subsequent action? By identifying that, we can then challenge these thoughts with like usually with a lot of logic and evidence and rationality. And ultimately by shifting your thoughts, we can shift the way that you behave in the way that you feel mm-hmm. and so there's a process for sure to, to CBT um, but a lot of the times we start to realize that people are not super kind to themselves right, yeah. you know their self talk is pretty negative and pessimistic uh, we know that people yeah, are really hard on themselves or Um, are really self-defeating you know in the way that they think or they're really we call it catastrophizing Mm. thinking always the worst case scenarios are happening and so as clinicians who are trained in CBT we are trained to like pull these thoughts out of somebody and then look at do these thoughts help you
0: or do they harm you? Uh, Do you ever use CBT or any other therapies on clients with
2: digestive issues? Mm -hmm. yeah 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 Yeah. because the majority of clients that we see really the majority of clients that we see with anxiety have digestive issues so you're inadvertently working on both at the same time because oftentimes when we are you know performing CBT or providing CBT therapy oftentimes what we'll find is that some of the physical issues are some of those triggers Mm -hmm. for the anxiety so we're inadvertently challenging some of the negative thinking that comes up when you start to have some of those uh those -hmm. physical issues that's cool
0: and I know it can be hard I did uh, some sessions with a social worker in university because I had these anxieties around public transportation Mm -hmm. and sitting in big lecture halls because I didn't know where the nearest bathroom would be or right right? and I thought just even saying it out loud felt so embarrassing, but then knowing I wasn't the only one going through it and they had done these practices with a bunch of other clients, it was good to know. And that's kind of what I hope everyone realizes. They can comfortably go speak to someone like you and and not feel embarrassed about what's going on because at the end of the day they're not the only ones
2: going through what they're going through and that's oftentimes so powerful in and of itself right Mm -hmm. hearing that because oftentimes what we feel when we keep things these things to ourselves it's we feel shame, yeah. we feel embarrassed by mm-hmm. it sometimes, and we feel alone. Mm-hmm. Like we feel isolated. We feel like we're the only person going through this. And so being able to talk to someone or being able to be a part of a group where people share similar experiences, just that in and of itself can help to kind of bring mm-hmm. down some of that stigma that we place on ourselves and mm-hmm. some of that embarrassment and feel that you're not alone in this because it is a very common thing. Yeah, very common. That's good to know. <laughs> well, is there
0: anything that is going on with you both at home that you want to talk more about or kind of share with our listeners?
1: Well, we're always growing our community. That's mm-hmm. That's been something that is really important to both Stephanie and I, has been to create the sense of community for that reason, to show people that there are like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. that there are people here that we can connect with. And share with and share in practices of meditation and mindfulness but then also to connect around just a community and so every single month we do a community event at the it's the last Thursday the last Thursday of every month of every month and that's been really cool to start seeing over the last few months it's growing and growing Uh, so it's growing our community is something that we're really focusing on right now and also really trying to bring in a lot more health and wellness related events and programming So I always tell people to keep our eye on our socials uh, as well as our website because we're always posting different events. Because we always saw ourselves being beyond a modern meditation studio. Mm -hmm. We want to be a hub and a place for health and wellness and that preventative piece. And Mm -hmm. so we're always trying to bring in really interesting programming and fun programming, but also things where people can learn a lot and hopefully get some take-homes that will help them in their life.
2: We send out a newsletter on the first of every yeah. month. You can sign up for it on our website and that gives you a rundown of everything that's going on every month. And okay, our months perfect. are pretty full here. Yeah, and where something.
0: can <laughs> people find that? What's your website?
2: www.home.ca. <laughs> awesome.
0: And what about social? Where can people find you?
2: At my home. Awesome. Yeah. Well, it was so nice
0: chatting with you ladies and I really appreciate your time and Having me at your home. Thank cool. you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Let's connect online. The next time you're on your favorite platform, look up the Gut Gazette and feel free to say hello. Or if you fancy a read, head over to thegutgazette.com for all things gut.